Hi, virtual friends. This is Father Dyer. What follows is a homily I gave at St. Charles in 2019 on the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. I'd encourage you to, before uh, listening to the homily, to pause and uh, go back and read those readings. Uh, it comes from Wisdom chapter 9, verses 13 through 18. You can check out Psalm 90, whose antiphon that day was, In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. The second reading comes uh, from a very short book in the New Testament called Philemon. Uh, it's just uh, one chapter, uh, verses uh, 9 and 10, and verses 12 through 17. And finally, the gospel comes from Luke's gospel, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33, where we get some surprising words from our Lord. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. We got uh, Matthew's version of this um, this conversation uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, pause now and uh, read those readings, uh, meditate on them, and then uh, check out the homily. God bless you. Well, my friends, some very shocking uh, words that we hear from Jesus in today's gospel. You know, and I think uh, how we receive them will really depend in large part on what we think about the person, the divine person, uh, the God-man that spoke them to us. You know, there's a danger also, I think, an important lesson. There's a danger in proof texting. In other words, to take one section of the word and use that to try to formulate a particular teaching of Christ's. We have to look at it in its totality. And so, uh, well, the words that we hear today are, are very surprising, not what we expect to hear from the Lord, especially if you think about it. Today is Mary's birthday. His mother is speaking these words about hating your mother. Uh, it gets suppressed, of course, today is Sunday, but uh, so we don't celebrate in the same day we otherwise would have. But these were our Lord's words nonetheless. And so it's always important to look at these words, uh, our Lord's words, within their proper context. They are part of what we call the travel narrative in Luke's gospel. It's part of 11 chapters. Luke takes 11 chapters to describe our Lord's journey to Jerusalem, where he endured the cross for you and me. We endured his passion and death to win our salvation. Perhaps Jesus is giving us not so subtle a reminder that our faith journeys are also difficult. And he does tell us in today's gospel that we too are to pick up our cross. It is within this journey, within Luke's travel narrative, that Jesus gives us so many great parables. And he tells us what it means, what it truly means to follow him. He tells us what it means to be his disciple. And huge crowds, it says, were following him, following him everywhere. And no doubt we can imagine this great scene, the crowds cheering him on. And when he was critical of the Chor of Chorazin and Bethsaida for not repenting, surely these loud crowds, those cheering crowds, uh, could be heard. And when he heard uh, the when he criticized the Pharisees calling them painted tombs that looked good on the outside but were rotten on the inside, no doubt these same crowds cheered their approval. 
And when he spoke out against the legalistic nitpicking ways of the scribes, again, more cheers of affirmation. But now Jesus stops and it says he turns around. He turns around and he addresses these crowds. He turns around and he addresses us and says, if anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Silence. No more cheering. Crickets, if you will. My friends, are we ready to, as he says, carry our own cross and come after him? And where was he going? Well, he was going to the cross. He was going to endure his passion and death for you and me. Are we willing to endure our own? But I do think it's really important to pause here for a moment and remind ourselves how Matthew, anyhow, ended his gospel. How our Lord's words should really echo in our ears always. Our Lord Jesus, he ends that first gospel, Matthew's gospel, with these important words, I am with you always until the end of time that he promises to be with us always, to help us carry our cross, and that he gave us a church, that he gave us a wonderful community of faith. In a real sense, my friends, I do think that we have won the lottery. Look around. There are so many wonderful people in this church, so many great men and women that are really struggling to live out the faith. Look around and find a friend. Lean upon them. If you are struggling, talk to him. Talk to the Lord. He's over there. We do a holy hour before this Mass every week. The Lord is calling out to you, calling out to me. Seek him in the sacraments. Seek him in each other. Struggling, lean on each other. Phone a friend. Join a small group. Enter the great community of faith that we are here at St. Charles. Call a priest. Come and talk to me if you are really struggling with, uh, well, all kinds of heavy burdens. The spiritual journey we know is hard. But unfortunately, my friends, the reality is many people desire or they claim to follow Jesus uh, without their cross, without personal cost, without the sacrifice he asks of us. Yet isn't this what the Lord is asking of us today? Isn't this what he really is asking of us every day? Isn't this what he's been hinting at really for weeks in the lectionary? I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Do you think that I've come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Father against son, we remember this gospel. It continues to echo in our ears. Strive to enter into the narrow gate. Squeeze through this narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. And then last Sunday, this beautiful and important uh, gospel about humility. Do not recline at table in places of honor. Go and take the lowest place. These have been difficult messages that we've been hearing these last weeks, which brings us again to today's gospel. Perhaps it's easier when you recognize Jesus is not actually talking about us hating anyone. Wouldn't this be contrary to his continual message of love throughout the gospel? 
Didn't he also say we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind, and our neighbor as ourselves? Isn't one of the commandments, after all, we know this, to honor our mother and father? And didn't Jesus give us a new commandment? To love one another as he has loved us. Didn't he, of course, then show us love always, especially most perfectly, on the wood of the cross? Could he be now contradicting himself? Of course not. Jesus doesn't want us to hate our father and mother, our, our brothers, our wife, our children, nobody. He doesn't even want us to hate our own life. He's using a literary technique. He is saying that we cannot be half-hearted when it comes to loving the Lord. We do have to love the Lord with our whole heart and our neighbor also with our whole heart and mind. If it's easier, go to Matthew's gospel of the same account. Jesus uses a softer language. Love God more than you love your parents, more than you love your wife. The term for hate used by Jesus denotes an attitude, a mode of action. It does not denote an emotion. It points not rather to how we feel about our parents, how we feel about our spouse, etc., but rather one's effective attitude when it comes to bringing about the kingdom. Nothing. Nothing and no one can be more important than God in our lives. And we know this happens. And then we ought to be striving, using all of our efforts, all of our energy for the kingdom. Remember, it's a narrow gate. And we're trying to squeeze through it through God's grace, reminding us, you cannot serve two masters. Then you'll love one and hate the other. He is telling us that no one, no one, our love for anyone, no one can compare with our love for God. And that we must root out anyone and anything in our lives that is an obstacle to his love and our return of that love. He is warning us that it is possible, it is possible uh, to follow him without actually being his disciple. Many did, many do to be in his presence physically without actually giving him our whole heart, mind, and soul. He's telling us that it is our duty to calculate the cost of discipleship. This beautiful construction of a tower, this beautiful image, he's telling us, my friends, you need a plan. We all need a plan because the cost of discipleship is big. It's difficult to truly follow him. He gives us this important image of the battle, this army. There is a spiritual battle going on for our souls. This is real. And there are real consequences to having no plan. The Lord is telling us that we cannot do this without him. He's telling us to calculate the cost and realize we may be able to lay a certain foundation, but we're not completing that tower without him. You think you can go against the enemy who wants your salvation lost forever? Try that without me. Forget about it. We will lose. He's telling us that we need him. We need to give him our whole heart, mind, body, and soul. And he's saying that while discipleship may be uncomfortable at times, and surely it is, and it is difficult. It is difficult at times to go against the world. But he's telling us, he's reminding us that it is worth it. True peace, 
true joy, deep joy and complete fulfillment as a human person and ultimately, please God, eternal happiness, this is the way. And he wants to help us along that way. Mother Teresa's, um, her feast day was this past Thursday. What a wonderful saint. And I was really meditating on this. I put on Instagram even. She said, a sacrifice to be real must cost, must hurt, and must empty ourselves. Give yourself fully to God. He will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in his love than in your weakness. My friends, we better, we ought to, we really be up to struggle to believe more in his love and then our weakness, our brokenness. We know we are weak. Believe more in his love for you and he will accomplish great things in and through you. The Blessed Mother says it so well. We should echo these words always. Do whatever he tells you. Her last recorded words in Holy Scripture. My friends, to be a disciple is to be humble. To be humble, to be vulnerable, to be truly sacrificial. To be a disciple is to be kind. To be a disciple is to be otherly directed, unconditionally loving. And you know what? Often tired. It's exhausting. It's exhausting giving of ourselves always. And it's oftentimes uncomfortable. To be a disciple is to serve the other without judgment. To serve the other with great compassion, compassion, to enter into the passion, the suffering of another. To be a disciple is to be an instrument of love and mercy. To be a disciple is to recognize that many struggle in a world that is so confusing these days. Church leaders even doing shameful things, disappointing and failing us in many ways. To be a disciple is to love, to go above the fray, to let others know that they are loved. They're loved by the Heavenly Father and they are loved by his church. To be a disciple, my friends, is also to bring about tough love sometimes. To sell someone that what they are doing but what they are failing to do is not helping them find true and everlasting peace. It's not helping them get to heaven. My friends, we ought to all do that. Do that and be an instrument of God's love and mercy and change the trajectory of someone's life. Help them find greater peace and truly everlasting joy. To be a disciple is to be willing even to lose a friendship because you're aiming them at a greater good. Friends, I want that for me. And I want that for you. You know, my friends, if the worst thing going on is your life today is that your team blew a 17-point lead, <laughs> then your life is okay. But I know there are many people in this church right now that are really suffering. Suffering with great difficulties. Uh, whether they be spiritual, physical, uh, emotional, whatnot, relationship, infertility, all kinds of suffering, financial, whatever it is. Know, my friends, that the Lord is asking you to pick up your cross. As difficult as it is, and to follow him. And he wants to help. But he also wants this beautiful community of faith to help. We ought to be helping each other. May we be great instruments of love and mercy to each other this day and always. And may God be praised. Amen. Amen.